As I said in the beginning, this message of mine is not going to be a long one, um, but I trust that the total message will be as long as it normally is, um, if not even longer, because of the contributions that uh, you are going to be bringing. And I trust that you have come prepared um, to share your reasons for thanksgiving, um, as I asked you to do. And I'm speaking about thanksgiving today. And I know in this country we don't have a thanksgiving day as is celebrated in Canada, on the first, it's the second Monday of October, and then in the USA on the fourth Thursday on November. So the American Thanksgiving is coming up this week. Um, so if you have any American friends or families, remember to wish them Happy Thanksgiving. Now, I know my brother who lives in, in Santa Barbara, he says this is the best holiday that he enjoys the most of the year, to, so because it gives him time to reflect on all the things that he's thankful for and grateful for, and um, he really enjoys it. Um, we do have a celebration that is similar to um, Thanksgiving, in, as celebrated in, in Canada and, and America. And the Thanksgiving thing that we have is called Harvest Festival, um, because that's primarily what Thanksgiving is all about. It's thanking God for the harvest that, is, that has happened or is happening or is about to happen. And that's what, it, that's what it normally does. And Harvest Festival is not just in this country, it's in a number of countries around the world that they have Harvest Festivals. And here in this country, it's predominantly the churches and then church schools that will collect food, gather in the food, and then they go and give it away. So I know in Purley and in the surrounds here, the Purley Food Hub, which we are part of, gets a lot of food um, at Harvest Festival time, um, which has already happened here in the UK. And um, it's a great time for, for a blessing to go and thank God for what you've got and to give to others. And when you look at it like this, it's very much an Old Testament view uh, about Thanksgiving. It happened after great things had occurred um, in the Old Testament, that there were sacrificial offerings were given with Thanksgiving, part of bringing their, their sacrifices to the temple. There was the, the, the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. And so um, even the, the Passover meal that they celebrated, the Passover was a time of Thanksgiving as part of their celebration. Um, when, when the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem had happened in, in Nehemiah's time, there was thanksgiving. So it's often very much an Old Testament thing of what has happened and, and then thanking God for it. And I have no problem that we don't have a thanksgiving day because I believe, like Paul, the, the apostle, that we should be giving thanks every day, not just once a year and only to celebrate the harvest or a great happening. We should be thanking God every day. We should be grateful to Him every day. That every day is thanksgiving um, for us. Paul, in, his, in the closing of his first letter to the Thessalonians, encourages them to give thanks in all circumstances, among other exhortations. Um, let's read what he says to them here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 22. It says, Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire, do not treat prophecies with contempt, test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. I love the encouragement of Paul in, these, in the closing verses of this letter. And if you go back the, the four verses prior to this, so back to verse 12, um, there's even more encouragement that you can read about but that be joyful always. You know, um, Terry, who was our pastor in South Africa, he said, you know, we serve a happy God. He's not a God who sucks on lemons. You know, that's, he's not a sad God. Or, you know, he's a God who is happy, who is joyful, who is glad for us. And um, we need to be like that as well. And we have the reason to be joyful because we have Christ in our lives. We have our sins forgiven. We've sung about it this morning. Our sins are forgiven. We are set free from our past. And so we need to be joyful, always. And it's to give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. And there's a big difference. Because some of our circumstances we don't really want to be thankful for. But in those circumstances we can still be thankful to God. If we practiced these things that, that Paul says to us here, we would live far happier and peaceful lives. We ought to be joyful always. And I know it's not always easy to do. 
but I believe it's a choice that we can make. Even in tough times, we can be filled with the joy of the Lord. And Scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. That's where we get our strength from. It's the joy of the Lord. When we allow God's joy to be poured out into us and fill us, then we are able to be joyful. We don't do it out of our own strength. We do it in Him. When we are struggling to be joyful, could the problem be that we're not praying continually, as Paul tells us to do here? Be joyful always, pray continually. Praying continually is just continually communicating with our Heavenly Father, who sees everything and knows everything. And when we're in continual communication with Him, which we often will call prayer, because that's what it is, prayer is just communicating with God, um, then we'll be able to give thanks in all circumstances because we know his presence in those difficult times. It's when we know his presence that we can go through those difficult times. It's not that the circumstances change. Most of the times it's our attitude that changes. Joy is an attitude thing. We choose to be joyful. I think some people choose to be miserable. They just like being miserable. I don't know why, so it doesn't do them any good. And I believe there are studies that have been done that people that are joyful all the time live happier lives and will live longer than those who are miserable all the time. We are to give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, as I said already. And also not just once a year when things are going well, but all the time. Paul says a similar thing to the church in Philippi. In Philippians 4, verses 47... Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. And again I say to you, rejoice. The Lord is near. He's not far off. He's right here. He's near. He's at hand. That means he's around us all the time. Don't be anxious about anything. And I know sometimes that can be, can be a tricky thing. Don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When you feel like you could be heading towards being anxious, the antidote is to pray and petition the Lord with thanksgiving. That's the antidote. Prayer and petition, but with thanksgiving. Most of us do the first two parts, but we forget the third, the thanksgiving part. We do the prayer and petition because we see we're facing something, but then we forget to be thankful to God and bring it with thanksgiving in our hearts. When we do it this way, we then receive his peace so that it guards our hearts and minds. And why do our hearts and minds need to be guarded? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. Our hearts and minds are where the enemy loves to attack us. The enemy loves to play mind games with us. He tried it with Jesus. When Jesus, after he had been baptized, he went out into the wilderness 40 days where he was fasting, what did the devil come and do? He came and he questioned, are you the Son of God? If you are the Son of God. All these mind games, mind games with Jesus. And if he tried it with Jesus, he'll definitely try it with us. When we pray and petition God, we need to make sure that we also give thanks for his provision and answers to our prayers. Realizing that oftentimes his answers are not what we are hoping they will be. Sometimes an answer is no, when we want a yes. Sometimes an answer is wait when we want to be told to go. Sometimes an answer is not now, but it will be in the future. And we want it now. So when we come to God and we bring our prayers and petitions with thanksgiving, we can be grateful to Him, even though the answer might not be what we want it to be. Because he is a loving father, he's a loving God who sees all things and he knows what's best for us. We need to make sure that when we pray and petition God with thanksgiving that we 
will accept the answer that he gives to us and not expect him to answer in a way that we want him to. We are coming to submit ourselves to him, not expecting him to submit to us. Thanksgiving is like that extra layer of protection that we receive from the Lord. We have the armor of God that is given to us, as is found in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. We know about the armor of God. But then thanksgiving is that part, it's like the cloak that we put on over the armor, or a great coat that you'd put on. If you've ever served in the army and you've got your uniform and you've got all your protection that you put on, but there's times when you'll just put a great coat over all of that. It's this big heavy coat that just gives you that extra warmth and that extra protection from the cold. And that's what it's like. It's having that cloak or great coat being worn over the armor. It doesn't stop the armor from being effective at all, but it's just that, that comfort of having that as well. So that's what thanksgiving is like, that we have the armor to protect us, but we have thanksgiving that just comes and covers it all. Thanksgiving is something that we should be doing each and every day. We all have so much to give thanks for. Now before I give you an opportunity to share what it is you want to give thanks for, I want to finish off with a number of verses from Psalms about thanksgiving. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I'll praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, extol him with music and song. Psalm 95 verse 2. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 100 verse 4. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make music to our God on the harp. Psalm 147 verse 7. And that's why we worship God. Because it's a way of being thankful to him, of thanksgiving, being thankful for what he's done, that we can worship him. And then one final scripture from Paul, the apostle, in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 2. And this is part of why we pray every week in the, in the manner that we do, praying for our nation, for our country, for our, our areas. It says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Those are just some of the scriptures. If you want to look for more of just reasons why you should be thankful and why you can be thankful for, for God, is just do a search uh, on, on your Bible app and just put in thanksgiving or thanks, and you'll see there's plenty that come up of scriptures that just tell us why we need to be thankful. God is a God who has done so much for us. He's not a God that is far off. He's a God that is near. He is at hand. He is right here with us. I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to, uh, to come and share your stories. And it is going to be recorded, but if you don't want what you're sharing to be part of on what goes up on our website, then let me know so I can edit it. Don't not come up and share because you don't want what you're going to say. Uh, you don't want other people outside of the church to hear. If that is the case, I can edit it out. I can take it out, no problem. So that your story, we can hear your story. Why are you thankful to God? But if you don't want it to go beyond that for any reason, um, then that's not a problem. That can be edited out. But um, we want to do that. So let's just pray. And then I've got two people have emailed through, the people that aren't out today. They've emailed some, some through to me, so I just want to read those. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can come to you with thanksgiving in our hearts, that we can be grateful and thankful for all that you've done. And we need to be like that every moment of every day. Thank you that it's no longer just once a year that we have a time of thanksgiving. I do thank you for those holidays, for those times where nations have set aside for families to come together to reflect on what the year has been like for them and why they are thankful. So Father, thank you that we can do that, but also thank you that we can do it each and every day. We don't have to wait for that one day in the year, but every day we can reflect on how great you are and how wonderful you are, and for all the things that we are thankful for. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I've got two here. One from Beverly. 
who isn't here today, says, uh, A quick test me in thanking God for his grace and mercy and healing me. Last November I had knee surgery and was looking forward to a quiet Christmas, recovering slowly, not fussing about anything. We had a family just overnighting before flying to a next destination, but unfortunately there was a problem with flights, so they ended up staying, and my plans of quiet Christmas was changed. I had to get festive in Jehovah Rapha, and we continued to provide the healing and support so that all were happy. I want to give God praise and thanks for his mercies, which are new every day. That's wonderful from Beverly. And then one from Mike um, Sutton. He sent it here. I need to just find it. Here we go. Um, it says, as I won't be there tomorrow, sent this through yesterday. Here are some of the things I'm thankful for this year. The teaching series we did looking at the I Am's on Sunday and Revelation in the Connect group. I feel like they've helped me understand more of God's character and what is written in Revelation and helped me to read the Bible better, more generally. I'm thankful for Shay and Lilia's baptisms, for them receiving the gift of life with Jesus. I'm thankful for friends and family at Grace who have walked through the year with me and encouraged me through difficult times. I'm thankful for a church which seeks to welcome and build up those who come through the doors and helps them to encounter Jesus in new and deeper ways. I'm thankful for all those who serve in Sunday services. I'm thankful to God for the way he has worked in me, shaping and pruning me this year and showing what it is to trust and depend on him. He really is a good, good, powerful father and mighty king. There are many more, but these are just a few. Thank you for all you do too. I'm very thankful to you and Jill as our leaders. That's Joe, not from Mike, sorry. Came with Mike, it's Joe. So, those are two test me's of thankfulness. Who wants to be first up and uh, come on up and share? I mean, I know there were a number of people a couple of weeks ago that people shared, and uh, so I'm going to just step aside, put the microphone here, and as I said, we do want you to speak into the mic so that it can be recorded. Um, and let's hear what God has to say. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I just wanted to deal with me to um, to give you some amazing news. I was diagnosed with psychosis many years ago, and I have been afflicted with voices and hallucinations. And I had a particularly awful Sunday last Sunday. Um, but after prayer from my mum and Jill and Joe and myself, I silence has reigned for five days in my head. Praise God. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> um, and I was suffering hallucinations and I got a word this morning. They're really, really awful. And I got a word this morning from God and I was ready, almost ready to give up and not come to church and to stop worshipping when I was worshipping this morning because it was, it was so relentless. And I just kept on going because God honours our faithfulness. He honours us, our effort, and he wants us to just keep on having faith in him. And I forgot my Bible. I wanted to read Psalm 91. <laughs> I forgot a Bible. Yes, please. Um, and as I was waiting for the bus, God gave me a word about the hallucinations, and I, it's quite personal to me. I spoke it out, and they've stopped completely since this morning. So... Um, I wanted to praise God that I am hallucination-free and voices-free. And what a merciful God he is. I'm so grateful. I just, um, I was a bit low yesterday, and one of the nurses, in fact, in my home, I don't think she's allowed to do that, but she came and gave me a psalm. She, I, she said, how are you? And I said, I'm a bit depressed. Um, she said, oh, I've got a psalm for you. It's Psalm 91. And I don't think... Technically, they're, they're meant to be quite um, PC and not say anything about religion or anything like that. But this is a psalm that she gave me. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And from, surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will observe, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. You'll trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show my salvation. And that really spoke to me because, um, like Mark said, it isn't that um, we, we don't have troubles or that God isn't there when we're having troubles. God is always there. God is God's timing sometimes isn't as we expect it. Um, I've been begging for years about this, and so it, for me, is a huge victory um, in his name. And, yeah, he's an amazing God. So I want to say thank you. Who's next? Go for it, Adele. Thanks, Sam. Okay. <laughs> I won't be long. Um, many of you know that uh, uh, I just recently been uh, blessed with being a grandmother, a nonna, yeah? And this is a real blessing because not many of you know that my daughter had a, such a big struggle, actually, and she was desperate to be a mum. And to cut a long, long story short, to be honest, there was a point where we lost our hope. But we kept on praying, and I really feel peaceful about it. Strangely, because not me. I tend to, you know, to really, really stress out. But anyway, she's, you know, in the 13th of October, she gave birth to a beautiful boy named Orlando. Hopefully, she'll be here soon with a, with a new baby. And so this is a great blessing, and I want to thank God for this great blessing and also want to thank God for um, helping me to stand strong to give me strength because again not many of you or probably many of you know my situation at home you know about six months ago my family was torn apart and uh, it's hard I'm not going to say that it's not but I'm still here standing and I've been tempted sometimes to give up church you know, just to show you the point of discouragement and, uh, you know, sometimes you get very, very, very low. Unfortunately, quite far from church, so I won't, I'm not able to see anyone during the week, which is hard. But Jill's been amazing, Jan, and everyone really praying for me, and I'm thankful for this church family, for you, for God, this, you know, giving me stronger, giving me strength, and uh, all of you, so... Thank you. Anyone else? Who's next? Andy, thanks. Uh, I'm tired. I haven't been sleeping well for a long time. Um, I've had a continual stream of troubles for more than... I I just have, anyway. And uh, there's a lot to complain about because life isn't fair and uh, 
you often feel, isn't God supposed to protect me? Does he, does he really love me? Why is there all this trouble? Um, I've got a right to complain, or so the world will tell me. Uh, and I can, it's very easy to feel sorry for yourself. Um, but when you, when you meet somebody that grumbles, there's something very unappealing about it. Um, I'm sure you all know people, you'd think twice, now have I got the time to ask them how they are? Because you know you're going to get a trail of woe. Think, have I got the time, have I got the energy to listen? Um, we can get consumed by problems. And sadly I have had times uh, when I've been consumed by it. But uh, thankfully it's not all the, all the time. One of the, the keys to survival that I've found over the last year is thankfulness. It gives, uh, gives me peace. Uh, you all know that my house was flooded last year. Uh, the bill was uh, £68,000. Uh, and uh, where do you find that money? We were, we were insured. Now we've got a, a newly decorated home. There's... Uh, the water went round everything of value to us, so all the things that were really important to us, we've still got. Uh, I wouldn't have chosen to live with Joe and Mike. They're, they're lovely people, they're beautiful people, um, but we all love our own space. Um, and uh, being living with Joe and Mike has brought us closer. You know, shared uh, adversity brings you closer to people. Uh, I wouldn't have chosen to have Miranda in my house, but uh, she was with us for eight months, and God redeemed that. It was lovely. I was disappointed when she was leaving. You know, it was it was lovely to have her in the house. She was uh, she's an encourager, and uh, she helped us through what we were facing. We were helped help, helped her through what she was facing. God redeems everything. I've had a lot of physical suffering, but. Uh, I've had to take time off work. It's given me time to stop and think and to... I've chosen to be thankful for, for good things. Uh, God doesn't promise to be a fairy godmother to us. He doesn't save us from trouble, as Mark's just been saying. It, uh, it's not being thankful for the circumstances. It's being thankful in the circumstances. God redeems anything. I've told you time and time again, when I'm in pain, I put on uplifting Christian music. I read the Bible. I quote the Bible to myself. I try and remember good things in life. I try and remember my family, my home, my friends, my church, my job, my usual good health. And I thank God for healing the, from uh, illnesses that could have crippled me. I do cry and I do grieve it's important to not bottle it up, just let it out, but don't stay in that place. Try and concentrate on things to be thankful for. Uh, thank God for breath. Thank God for the simple things in life. We're in a materialistic world which is always telling you about what you need, what you want. And if you concentrate on what you haven't got, then it makes you miserable. If you concentrate on what you have got, then it brings joy. Um, one thing I was uh, looking at, I, I stumbled on, that if you go onto YouTube, you can find videos of people that have been given implants in their ear, and they hear for the first time. And uh, just they, they burst into tears because they can, they can suddenly hear. You know, the, the medicine is wonderful, what doctors are able to do nowadays. Something else that there's a whole series of videos on is uh, somebody invented some sunglasses that you put on and it cures colour blindness. Have you ever stopped to think about, look around at all the different shades that you can see? Can you imagine living in a world of grey and brown, just a, a muddy world, and then suddenly to be able to put glasses on and you're seeing the world in colour? Have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz, how it suddenly turns from black and white into colour? That's what these people suddenly experience, and they burst into tears. And I challenge you to watch some of these videos and not start crying yourself. 
when have you ever stopped to thank God for colour? You know, just, you know, hot water. You know, we just turn a tap on, you know. that we're, we're in a rich place. So much of the world doesn't have what we have here. We may not be rich with, compared to other people around us, but we are rich. There's plenty, plenty of things to be thankful for if you just stop to take the time to think about it. And life is going to be much happier if you do. You may think of yourself as fat or skinny. You may think you're ugly or weird. But these are all things that God doesn't bother. It doesn't bother him and it shouldn't bother you. Just be thankful for who you are. Make the most of what you've got. And don't listen to the world that will scream about what you need. Just be thankful for the simple things of life. And your life will be a lot happier. Jane, come on. Um, I haven't got something as well prepared as Andy, and I'm going to keep mine quite short. Um, I'm thankful, I guess, most of all, that God knows me, um, and He may. Most of you see us on Sunday, and we all put a mask on, and we are, you know. Um, wonderful people and all the rest of it. Um, second thing I want to thank God for is the husband that he's blessed me. God gave me someone who I needed. He gave me someone. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. sees me when we go home. And after seven and a half years, he still loves me. And um, most of all, he is wanting to come on an adventure to go back to Africa. And I thank God that he's going to be with us every step of the way. Thanks, Jim. Anyone else? Florence? And, okay, and then Brian? Praise God. I know I always testify about his goodness, but I would like to, to thank him for the recent... I think I shared the dream I had with the first session... Uh, in the connect group where I saw someone came with a gun pointed it at me and wanted to take my car and in the dream I just said I wasn't scared because if he was the one to take me to heaven it's okay but I said um, I just want to pray for you and to for, I forgive you, and I have to pray for the, your next generation, so that they are not, you know, they don't carry on what you are not going to do to me. And in the dream, I just closed my eyes and I prayed. Opening my eyes, the gun was down, and walking a bit further, there was a conference, and this same guy and the, all the group, they were entering into that. It, like, it was like it was Christian and I didn't know what was coming all of a sudden there were some attacks in the family, at place of work but all the time I was saying I just want to forgive and I would pray for those people and I would ask for forgiveness since that time I've been getting you know, like calls from the people who had fallen out of my life I didn't know that God wanted them, you know, to come back into my life. And I was wondering, I was sharing with my daughter, and I said, how? This one, we all knew each other. How come they were all coming back? And I'm just thanking him because I don't know what is coming. Why these people in the, you know, in the past, God has brought them back into my life. I just want to thank him because he's the one who is guiding me who is going before me, 
I'm just waiting so that whatever his will will be fulfilled in my life. And most of all, I want to thank God for this place. Um, as many of you are, are thanking, I'm also grateful for the love, for what I've learned here. It's like, to me, I see it like the conclusion of all the answers, most of the answers I've been looking for. He has given me that peace in my soul, in my spirit. He has given me the joy. I feel like I have now the kingdom in me. And I just pray that, you know, it continues that I just want to thank him. Thank you, Florence. Brian's got something? I'm just going to say that um, people know me outside the church um, realize that I'm very confident. But every time I'm here and I'm looking at you guys, I'm not confident at all. <laughs> all right, so, but um, one thing I wanted to thank is you guys, 100%. I look at you as individuals in the church. Um, I have, um, what do I call her? Um, like an angel, spiritual angel over there. She's helped me so many times, which she doesn't realize. All right. And also, I'm going to say, Sam, fantastic. You've inspired me a lot. And also, I have um, these couple here, but especially Sue. There's something she does for me. Um, she pushes me, but then there's another person behind who just really pushes me. <laughs> All right. And that's Jill. And that's Jill. All right, um, and all I have to say as well, I get inspiration from people who talk a lot, you know, like speeches, and I call him the young Richard Branson. His name is Johnny, Johnny Rose, all right, and I also get um, some inspiration from yourself, all right, when it comes down to singing and um, just you being the per your personality really exudes. Um, also, Ray, fantastic personality when I talk to him on a one-to-one. -one. And also Rachel as well for a leading. I, I see a lot of commitment from Rachel and also from Ray's wife. I keep on forgetting everyone's names. I'm really bad. Um, and she, she's been really laid back and um, there's something soothing about her when I talk to her. And Sean, uh, we talk, all right, but not too much, but she's cool, all right? Um, and one thing I have to say um, is Jan and um, Dave, I wish you're not le wish you didn't leave the country. If I had my way, you'd be um, in prison in this country because I'm going to be missing you. You guys, you guys are fantastic. Um, there's a saying, who you are, what you are, scream so loudly at me, I can't hear what you're saying. Your character is um, a one-off, you're fantastic, you guys, and I'm going to miss you very much, yeah? And um, also, I have to say to, I get some inspiration as well from Mark and Jill's son, because he's such a laid-back person, I can see that they respect him a lot as parents, um, also, I'm going to have to say something about um, what's Oliver. Yeah. All right, Oliver is a great. I, I always say that he should be a next pastor. All right, there's something in him, right, which is um, he's a born leader. And I have to say, Sarah is very an, angelic, very nice person. All right. Um, also, I have to say, Anne, stay as you are. All right, you've been very committed to the church. You've done a lot. Um, people may not see you, but you do a lot for the church. And God bless you for that. And also, um, there's another lady over there next to Mike. I forgot her name, Susie. Um, Susie, you've been very, very nice. Every time I see you smiling at church, you've been inspirational for things like that. The small little things. Also, Mike, thank you for being Mike. Yeah? Um, you've been great. Um, and I have to say to Joe and Michael, inspirational as well. Um, I can see that they're very, very committed and um, they're going to go a long way within the God's church. 
So that's what I'm going to say. Um, but thank you very much. Okay. Ah, Johnny, and then Rach. Yeah, okay. And then Jules, got something? Uh. So I would like uh, to thank the Lord that our church isn't bigger. Otherwise, we could have been here for hours. Um, <laughs> now, joking aside, that was amazing. Um, I'd like to thank you all for... Um, this has been such an encouraging year for me with regards to my dad. So some of you all know my dad's not a Christian. And yet, thanks to your prayers, my prayers, the angels' prayers, Sue's work in the underpass on Saturdays on the Tesco, um, he wonderfully, some of you will see, he started coming. And what's been really wonderful after years and years of saying, Dad, come to church. Dad, you're going to be at church. Dad, you should go to church. He's coming of his own volition, and that's so encouraging. Now, I'm not saying he's a Christian or that yet, but something has definitely changed. And you have no idea what it's like for... Well, many of you can imagine you have loved ones or, or family members. You don't necessarily have to love them. But uh, so, so family members um, who aren't Christians and they're so dear to you. And you know that's the greatest thing. The greatest thing is that they would know um, the Lord. And it doesn't matter whether you're their son and there's a dynamic there. They are children too before a great and creator. And so you have that duty of care and that affection as well, whether they're older or younger. So it's been, it's been so lovely. I haven't thanked any of you enough or the Lord enough, but it's been so lovely. It just blows my mind every, every Sunday, not knowing it's like, you know, there's that, um, remember there's that old show where people used to sit on the couch and it, you're like, this is your life. And then they just come through the door. Every Sunday is basically like a, a slightly less exciting, less glitzy version of this is your life. And my dad just walks through and, um, it's just such a surprise and joy to see him. So I'm really thankful he started going to, interestingly, he has started going to, as well as coming here when he, when he does turn up, he's also been going to a church um, a little close to him just in East, uh, East Croydon, St. Michael's. It's quite a high Anglican church, a bit more my dad's kind of style. Again, so I'm hoping that they're preaching the gospel faithfully, but that has been wonderful. You have a man who, frankly, didn't have any hostility, or quote-unquote, towards the church, but didn't want to go, now coming of his own volition, going to church of his own volition, and, and you know, your prayer. So thank you. That's been really encouraging and wonderful. Um, so please keep up the press. And thank you, Sue, as well. Sue, you're getting bigged up a lot. She has been so wonderful. When my dad's ever shopping in the area on Saturdays, she sees Sue, Sue sees him, and the, just the, the real care that you have for him and love, always asking after him. And my Uncle Peter, I could be here for hours now. My whole family, basically, whoever walks through to Tesco sees her. So thank you to you. Thank you for all your prayers. It's a real wonderful thing. Please keep praying for my dad and for any of you who have other family members because God can do incredible things. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Jesus. Great. Thanks, Johnny. Okay, so... Oh, sorry. My voice is not really um, very good again today. <laughs> what fun. Um, okay, so... Yeah, the thing I want to say is... Um, I'm always amazed at how God works through things that seem really weird... Um, so, so just before the summer, um, I, I think it was a Saturday, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I was munching some snacks, um, and I found myself choking on, um, a pretzel, um, which wasn't very pleasant, um, and, um, I ended up having to call an ambulance because I was properly, um, not able to breathe and stuff. Um, and so it was all kind of like, oh, blues and twos and, you know, oh, ah. Um, and I got to the hospital, and um, the treatment um, happened and worked quite well. And, um, and I was sitting there for a while, kind of thinking, okay, they need to just keep an eye on me for a while, you know, whatever. Um, and they, they do blood tests, and they do, um, you know, your blood pressure and stuff. And they took, they took bloods. Um, they did blood tests. And I was a bit like, why are we doing blood tests? Because I come in choking. You've now got me through that. And then you do random blood tests. So I was like, like okay, well, whatever. Um, and when I finally saw someone and was discharged, um, they said nothing to me about the blood tests. Right? So I was like, oh, that's great. You know, thank God for you know, keeping me alive and stuff like that. Um, and um, I went to see my GP um, the week after because, um, well, some of you know I'm not that well. Um, so I have several things um, sort of happening. Um, and I was um, struggling with being incredibly tired and not being able to cope with things. Um, and so I'd, I'd booked an appointment to see my GP anyway. Um, I mean, in the hospital, they said, you really should see your GP and just check out how you're doing and stuff like that anyway. 
And I went to see her, and, and, and so I said, you know, obviously I had this experience, and she said, oh, well, I wanted you to come in because I think we need to do some blood tests. Um, and, and I said, well, you know, as it happens, <laughs> they did some blood tests while I was in the hospital. Um, and she got out the blood test, and I, I don't know if any of you guys um, are medical or whatever, but you see on the screen, and you see about, I don't know, about 25 results. Um, and if, if they're all in black um, writing, then they're all good. And if they're in red writing, then there's a bit of a problem. Um, out of 25, only two of them are black. Okay, so that showed up um, basically, um, well, basically through that, through the fact that I'd had the blood test done, we suddenly were like, actually, there's a lot going on here um, that is not right. Um, and, um, I mean, she, she ended up telling me that actually the hospital should not have discharged me with blood tests looking like that. Um, and through that, we were able to find out that... Um, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd had a lot of... Because I have, I have Crohn's disease, so you end up having a lot of different tests. Um, and I'd had a test done um, in 2010 um, and had not been given the result of it. Um, and the, the result had gone to the GP, and according to the GP, I'd fallen through the net. Um, and it actually showed that I had two uh, stomach ulcers. Um, and that was part of the reason why I was so unwell. Um, it um, gave an answer to, um, to absolutely confirm the Crohn's diagnosis. Um, and through that... Um, uh, we've then been able to correct a lot of the bloods. Um, and, you know, in the months after that, I've gradually gained a lot more strength. I'm a lot less tired. Um, my voice thing is completely separate. Um, and, you know, um, yes, I still have the problems. But for me, it's like, you know, when, when, I, when I was having this choking episode, I'd, I went through a bit what Andy does a little bit. I was like, Why? You know, why would that happen? You know, really, why? Um, and then when it came through, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, for keeping me through it. But then actually, three months later, I'm incredibly thankful that I had that episode, that actually I went into hospital um, and I had the bloods taken. And I don't know to this day why they took the bloods, because they didn't need to. Um, and there was no explanation. They just said, oh, well, they must have just put it down. Um, but if I hadn't had that... Um, then my whole body would not be working as well as it is now. So I want to really say, you know, if you go through things, yeah, thank God in the circumstance, because you just don't know. Um, and I fully believe that, that my blood's needed to be done. We needed to sort it. And there was no reason other than that for me to go to my GP and ask for blood tests. Um, so thank you, Lord. Okay, we've got... Two more, and then Jill, and then uh, how many? Yeah, you can keep them short. Let's come on up, Karen, and then yeah. I think it's just it's wonderful just to hear what God is doing and saying through each one of us. I haven't really prepared this very well, but um, I feel God wants me to say thank you for my mother. Now, I'm not going to go into the history with my mother, but. Um, Um, I, I want to give thanks that she's been a vulnerable lady most of her life and I was thinking of the verses in Matthew look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they and Mum has taught me, without realising it, that God looks after the weak and the vulnerable. Um, I can think of a time when she was living on a second-floor, tiny little flat under the roof, which was cold, and we wanted her to move, and she, she was in the States housing. She lived in Guernsey. And uh, nothing seemed to be happening. And then somebody came and inspected it, said, you can't live here. Uh, and they provided her a ground floor flat, which she's been in for the last 15 years, which is warm on the ground floor. Mm. I can think of her falling and breaking her wrist, 
sitting on a trolley in casualty in Guernsey, and her niece comes along out of the blue and then phones me and lets me know. And I could get on a flight and be there for when she's come out of hospital, for when she's come out of surgery. So I just am numerous little examples of how God has looked after her, and it's been a witness to me that he cares for the vulnerable and the weak, and he cares for me. Sean. Sean, yeah. Oh, Sean, coming, and then Ray, yeah. <laughs> and then Dave and Jill, and then that's it. Um, yeah, sorry. I tend to get really nervous when I do this, so I don't do it much. Um, basically, I just want to say that I'm thankful for the church. Um, thank you. Uh, where is it? <laughs> um, so in First Corinthians... Um, Chapter 16, verse 14, it says, Let all that you do be done with love. Now, this church has shown me so much love. Um, I think everything that I've learned about love is from here. Um, I grew up um, in an isolated way uh, where I, I just learned to protect myself. My mom left when I was three. I'm not going to go into the stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just the idea of not knowing what love is. I think it was last year at the Oak Hall Manor that I I was just convicted about it and, and and going through the whole what is love, and you know, and I really believe that the reason why I keep coming back to this church and is because of all you guys showing me love and just you, even if it's just a smile, just a conversation. Whatever it is, um, it shows me love, but it also shows me how to love. Um, and there, there have been times where I'm like, God, why am I running away from this? This feels so uncomfortable. And I think the reason why is because I've never experienced it before. And, um, yeah, I just wanted you guys to know that keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, showing your love to others. Um, yeah. Uh, that's it. So, before you go, where, where do you live? Where do you live? North London. North London. Okay, she lives in North London and travels here every Sunday, not just on a Sunday, Tuesday to the Connect Group as well. She comes down. Um, she was living here when she first started coming to the church and then moved and then was away for a little while, but just found that didn't find a place like this. Didn't find people like you. And I think that's what it is. It's you guys. Each and every one of you. What we're hearing today is testimony about your incredible love and joy and reflection of God that you all reflect. So let's have the last two or so. Ray, you want to come on up? and then uh... Dave, do you want to share? Yeah, and then Jill. Okay. You said keep it simple and keep it short. And uh, so this morning I was thinking, uh, I've said other things during the week, that uh, I want to just thank God for health and strength. And I wasn't quite sure how to say that. Um, but. What I thought I'd do to show it was to just bring a boot, because my, if you put me in the right place, I would be on the top of a mountain looking out at the view. Uh, and so that represents that view on top of the mountain looking down and, and seeing the world below. Uh, a few years ago, I was in a home group, actually, where we were each were given a piece of paper, and uh, Melanie was the name for those that know her, uh, uh, we were given a piece of paper and we needed to think through maybe a prophetic picture or something for people. Uh, and uh, this lady who was in our home group uh, had my name. And after a little while, she uh, wrote and said, uh, Ray, 
Uh, I, I see you standing on a mountaintop with your hands on your hips looking at the view, which was really a reminder that God knows us individually very much. So, so hence, hence that. And, yeah, we sometimes forget that we're in the pool of the church, and we're, but we're individuals in it, and God knows us individually. And I, I thank you for each of you, uh, because you can be yourself here. A church, I think, is a place where we can put our feet up and be ourselves. We don't want a church which isn't like that. And I was glad I brought the left boot. It just happened I brought one out of the box. Um, Because we're glad to have the right hand of fellowship, but some church congregations in the end give you the left boot of fellowship. And we don't want that, and our church here doesn't do that. And so, yeah, you get the picture from that bit. Uh, And um, a couple of days ago, I was just reading a little bit uh, about how God doesn't, um, he he doesn't judge us. Uh, And the verse, uh, well, he doesn't judge us when we feel vulnerable and broken, uh, and the verse is from Isaiah 42, uh, verse 3, um, which is the, really the beginning of Jesus' ministry through the, the servant pictures in Isaiah. And it just says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. And for those of us who are here this morning, uh, who have maybe been weak, you're feeling discouraged perhaps, but you're feeling weak and vulnerable, he doesn't judge you. You may be a reed. Now, uh, reeds in Bible times were used for building, for thatching, but they had to be stiff and straight. If they were bent, they couldn't do their job properly. They weren't really good for anything except to burn uh, as fuel in the fire or to use as wicks in a uh, little light. And uh, this verse says that he, you know, even if you feel bent and broken and vulnerable and not able to be used for thatching, uh, you're still useful and he won't destroy you, take you away, but he will hold you and preserve you and use you to be that wick in the light which has a little flame that lights up the whole house. You, as that little bit of reed, are just as valuable, more valuable, because you're showing light. You're not just protecting people from rain. You're actually showing light to people. And uh, he won't judge you for that, but he will use you. In your vulnerableness, he will use you. That little bit of wick he wants. That's the bit which he really loves and cares for you. We all feel vulnerable in our own ways, but he uses that vulnerability for his glory. If we're all big and strong, Superman, how can he use us? He only uses in our weakness, he uses us. So be weak for him, and then you're strong in him. Hey. So many good things to be thankful for. So um, I think you're following so many good things today that people have said. I've kind of lost exactly what I was going to say, but hopefully I'll get the gist of it out. I feel that, um, you know, we're going through a big transition at the moment, and it's been hard both physically and mentally because... You know, in the physical side, it's, it's the logistics of the relocation, and we've had so much support from so many people. Um, emotionally, just coming to terms with, um, you know, making this big move and giving up everything that we've got. And I really just want to give thanks to, to God for giving us the courage and the faith for, for being able to take this, this, this amazing step um, where we, we're giving up our friends, we're giving up our, we're giving up our jobs, um, I had to hand in my notice, and it's a big part of like the, the kind of emotional, mental part, like giving up your job when you don't really want to go. You're giving up your salary, and whilst jobs isn't the most important thing to me. Um, when I told my boss five months ago that I was leaving, 
actually, he was so supportive. He, he just said, you'll always be a part of the family, and if you come back in 10 years' time, you'll still have a job here. So it's amazing how much support we've got from the different families that we're a part of, the communities that, that we're a part of, the church being one of them. Um, all the help that we've had in the move, um, you know, just just all of the, the well wishes from people you didn't really know cared about you as, as much as they did. People don't want you to go. Some people want you to go to jail, but um, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, so um, I would, I'm just really thankful for the people that we've come to know. Um, I'm especially thankful for, for Jen for being so organized and so determined and just I feel like a sense of calm. I should be so worried and so apprehensive about everything that we're doing. But, you know, we're a team and we, we feel like God is with us on this journey. And thanks to you guys for the, um, the support and thanks to God for the courage and the faith that he's put in us. Super. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Tilly last one. Of course, the most thing I'm thankful for is my amazing husband and my family. But um, just with Grow Baby this week, Rachel and I stood there like this. And 10 people, as we opened the doors, actually we didn't open the doors, they did, we weren't quite ready. They just poured in. And, and we just, but what are we doing? There were buggies, there were children, there were people all over the place. With, I don't know how to do this. It's just overwhelming. And there's Rachel and myself, Senti, our lovely Albanian girl who's pregnant. So Rachel isn't too strong. My back, after lifting things I shouldn't have, was an absolute wreck. Senti's pregnant. We don't want her to lift things. And Nikki, our beautiful Muslim lady, who you know just does all the dog work. And, and we're going, how are we doing this? And I took a lady through to the toilet. And Nick, the pastor of Montpelier Church, was there. And he just looked and said, what is going on? How are you doing this? And I mean, I, I don't know. And we'd had a conversation with him the week before, and he was just saying, Grace Vineyard has such a vision for the community and for reaching people. And if you had a building, there would be so much more you could do. We've got a building, and there isn't really much vision for using it. So anything that Grace Vineyard wants to do in our building, you're welcome. And this is out of relationship, not one church being defensive or protective. It was so beautiful. And then he said to me, oh, Rachel and I had been thinking about maybe opening on another day because we're not getting the conversation time with these ladies that we love. We pray for all of them but we're not getting the conversations with them because it's just too busy. And we thought, should we open another morning and, and just have coffee? Because a lot of these people are in hostels. They don't come out of their rooms, so they come to us and they hang around and they stay and they want to talk. We can't give them tea or coffee. A, we haven't got time. B, we haven't got anyone to serve it. And C, we don't want to burn children who are running around with you know, some hot, dangerous liquid. And so someone said get those travel mugs, you know, that seal. So, okay, that's a plan, but we still don't have time. And Nick said to us, why don't you open the foyer of our church and have this as the staging area, and so have somebody on duty in the foyer, bring the people in, then you can sit down, you can give them tea and coffee and biscuits and hot chocolate, and you can chat to them, and then however many helpers you've got in the back, then send them through with those helpers, and then when they've finished, they can come back. If they want to feed their babies or chat some more, they can, and then the next ones can go through to the helpers. And we went, why didn't we think of that? But I'm so thankful that we've got Montpelier, that we've got a partnership with the churches in this area who love and support what we're doing, and that someone is just willing to open up their building so that we can use it and that means it solves our problem because you people are all working we don't have enough of you to come and support us to help us to do what we need and Rach with her health and I've got so many other responsibilities just how do we do this without over committing ourselves and this is just a way 
even if we just extend the time a little bit longer, we're there anyway, and we can hopefully serve these people better and engage with them. So I'm so thankful for something that we'd been praying about and churning over and hadn't come up with a solution, and now I think we have one. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you to everyone who's contributed. We've gone long over what we should have, but uh, that's not a problem. And I just want to say I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. And for those that aren't here today, there are a number that are missing for various reasons. Um, but just the privilege of being able to lead you guys and be part of, part of your lives as well, that you give us the liberty to be part of your lives. And I'd say thank you for that.